return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. Let's welcome him all right as he comes to share here tonight. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You guys ready to hear from the Lord this, uh, this evening? Yes, yes, Amen. I was thinking, you know, and I've said this before, but it makes it so much easier to teach when there's anointed worship. Yeah, you know, amen. the Bible says that we enter his gates with thanksgiving, uh-huh. but we enter his courts with praise. Yeah. You know, and so right. we praise him and yeah. our, our minds and our hearts are focused on him. Yeah. We enter his courts. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, amen. And it's such a blessing to be able to serve him. Amen. It's such a blessing to just be in the position that we're in. Amen. Yes. Just knowing the Lord, um, you know, living where we do, yep. being associated with the people that we're associated yes. with. Amen. Amen. And so we have a lot, a lot to be thankful for. Yeah, we do. Hallelujah. Well, let's just start out by praying. Father, we just thank you that your Holy Spirit is present with us tonight. Amen. Lord, we thank, thank you that we can put our thoughts and our minds and our hearts on you tonight, Lord. Yes, Lord. That we hear what you're trying to speak to us and what you're trying to say to us, Lord. Help us to open up our hearts. Father, hallelujah. That we only hear you, that we only see you, Lord. We thank you that tonight you give us a word that will help us in our Christian walk, Lord. Or help us in our walk throughout the week, Father. Help us reach out to different people, Lord, and, and encourage people and... and be a light and a witness to people, Father. Yes, Lord. We thank you that our number one goal and our number one priority is getting people into the kingdom. And so we thank, thank you. We are honored with the responsibility to do that. Thank you, Jesus. We are honored with the responsibility to be a witness and a light and an ambassador for Jesus Christ in this city, in this state, in this country, and in this world, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for all of our brothers and sisters all around the world, United States and beyond, Father. We thank you that even right now that they are being comforted, even right now that there, there's protection for them and with thank them, Lord. Yes, Lord, that your angels are round about them. We saw a great example of your angel, uh, your, your, the presence of your angels uh, this morning, Lord. And we, so we know that your angels are with us. We know that we're constantly being protected and guarded, Father. And we just thank you for peace for families and, and peace for hearts, Lord, that follow you. And we just thank you. We give you all the praise and honor and glory tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So I titled this message, What Are You Thinking? And uh, one thing the Lord has really shown me, and I think this this probably isn't news to anybody, but our thoughts are very important. Uh, Just daily, we all have, you know, I didn't, I could have looked up statistics. I probably should have. But just think of the number of thoughts that run through our mind every single day. And uh, even when we're not conscious, thoughts and dreams run through our mind. I mean, and a lot of times those dreams and those thoughts, um, 
they come because of something that's happened throughout the day or something that we put our heart into. You know, um, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, but also out of the abundance of what we put into our heart, that's what we're going to think about. That's what we're going to put our time into, put our effort into. Amen. Thoughts can lift us up. Thoughts can bring us down. And we have a choice what thoughts to allow to stay and which ones we don't want to stay. Amen. And so I just want to talk a little bit tonight about just right thinking. I want to talk a little bit about positive thinking. Amen. And how it mixes with our faith and how it mixes, you know, with with what God intended for us to have from the beginning. Because we know that we were fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And so for in his image, we have reason, amen, which comes from our, from our mind. We, can, uh, we have knowledge, which comes from the mind. You know, we have, um, uh, we have um, the ability to, to speak, which, you know, you think about, you know, what you say and you, yeah. when you speak. And so all these things God intended for good. Yeah. I mean, he intended for us to have good thoughts. He intended for us to use our mind for good, yeah. amen, and not for evil. Philippians 4, 6-7 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. And I, I love that His peace, you know, we can have a daily peace, we can have a divine peace every day through Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean everything's going to go our way. It doesn't mean that we're not going to be a part of some stressful situations. But we can have a divine peace that guards our hearts and guards our minds, amen, and it comes through Jesus Christ. Amen. Nothing that we ever get um, as, far as, as far as blessings and in our Christian walk and being able to witness comes from anybody but the Godhead, amen. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I've talked a lot about lately just how important the Holy Spirit is to us and it goes the same way with our thoughts. The Holy Spirit is important to our thought life. Yeah. Uh, it says in the Bible that when the Holy Spirit comes to help her, he will bring all things back to your remembrance of what I, Jesus said, of what I told you. Yeah. Amen. And so the Holy Spirit has a lot to do with our thought life. Yeah. It has a lot to do with bringing things back to our remembrance and, and bringing things to mind that maybe we didn't think about. Yeah. How many times have you been out um, at the grocery store or driving around and, and somebody's name comes to mind. Yep. You know, that's the Holy... That, more than likely, the Holy Spirit saying, you need to pray for this person. Yep. Or, or um, you know, if you, if you see, you know, somebody that's struggling with their car or yep. with groceries or whatever, a thought comes to your mind, hey, you should go help them. Yep. You know, and a lot of times the Holy Spirit will try to direct us and guide us. Yep. Amen. Amen. It's not going to be an audible voice usually. Yep. Amen. But he will drop a thought in our mind and say, hey, you should do this. Yeah. You know, and that's how he guides us. He doesn't make us do anything. You know, he's a gentleman. If you think of, of our relationship with the Holy Spirit, when you think of a physical relationship here on earth, you know, if, if uh, a husband was controlled, even if he thought everything was good, but he was controlling everything his wife did, but he thought it was for the good, it was for the better, well, that wouldn't be a very healthy relationship, would it? You know, there's any healthy relationship, there's no control over the other person. Amen. And so, the same thing with our spiritual relationship with Jesus, amen, with the Holy Spirit. He doesn't control. That's why he gave us a free will, because he doesn't control what we do. 
Amen. But he allows us to make our own decisions. Amen. And with any relationship, there's a trust. You know, we know that we can always trust him. We know that he is always faithful. That he is all-knowing and that and he loves us very much. Well, in the same way that we trust him, God wants to be able to trust us. And that's why we have a choice. That's why we have, we have free reigns over our body and, and what we choose to do, think, what's in our heart. Amen. The treasures that we build up. Amen. And so, and so a good relationship with the Lord is knowing that and, and being able to say, Lord, you can trust me. You can trust me with what you've given me. You can trust me with uh, this house or this family or this car. You know, and, and that's really what that relationship with the Holy Spirit is all about, is trust. Amen? Yeah. And so, uh, kind of got off on a rabbit trail, but the peace of God guards our heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Have you ever noticed that sometimes if you get anxious, your mind starts to race? Amen? The antidote for this is God's peace. Yeah. Amen? I don't know how many times, especially when I was younger... I'd be, I'd be laying in bed, and I just couldn't get to sleep because my mind would be racing. I'd be thinking of, it was almost like a picture show that was going, you know, milliseconds at a time. Yeah. And it felt like a thousand thoughts were running through my mind, you know, in a minute. And I don't know if anybody else has had that while they're trying to sleep. Maybe they've had a long day or different things have happened. But I tell you what, when we grab onto the peace that God has for us, amen, it, it, it does, there's a calming sensation to our mind. Yeah. Amen. And when we just try to slow everything down, we say, Lord, I'm giving this day to you. or I'm giving tomorrow to you. Yeah. I mean, the Bible says that we shouldn't worry about tomorrow. And we shouldn't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has its own problems. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. But we should always be living in the moment. We should always be living in, in, in the present of where God has us now. Amen. You know, if I start, if I start, and it's good to plan, but if I start thinking, you know, four years down the road or five years down the road when Laura graduates and I'm getting really nervous and worried about yeah. all of that, which, you know, it's our first, you know, she'll be in high school next year. But if I let myself get wrapped up with that, I'm not going to enjoy the time that I'm spending here and now in the present with her, right? And so we always want to make sure that we put things in perspective. Yeah. Amen. Henry Ford said, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Amen. So whatever we think, amen, whatever our attitude is, more than likely that's the path we're going to go down, right? So if we think you can do something, then there's a good chance that you're going to overcome whatever that is that you want to do. But if you think you can't, one, you might not even try, right? Or if you do it with doubt, you know, the Bible says, you know, if, if we ask anything of God and we doubt in our heart, we're unstable in all of our ways. We're double-minded. And so if we start to doubt, but we, we, you know, you know, we go into a situation with doubt, then we become unstable. We come off balance, yeah. right? And Jesus, you know, the whole, the whole uh, symbol, symbolism of the, of the Godhead is balance. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And just in our own bodies, we have our body. We have our spirit. Amen? We have our mind. We have balance in our bodies. You know, God wants balance in our, in our lives. Yeah. Amen. So we want to be able to think right. We want to be able to think positively no matter what the circumstances Amen. are. That means that if the outcome of the situation we find ourselves in, they are largely affected by our attitude. I heard someone say years ago that when the Minnesota Vikings Stadium was outdoors, they'd put a big pile of snow right next to the visiting, team, uh, visiting team's bus drop-off. They wanted the opposing team to think they were beat even before they got off the bus. They wanted to get inside their head, right? 
and you know back that was back when the Vikings were actually pretty good. And uh, <laughs> but they'd have this huge pile of snow right next to the bus drop off. What was it? You know, he, he wanted them to doubt before they even got off the bus that they could win this game, right? Satan tries to do the same thing to us. Amen. Where you know he wants to get inside our head. He wants to try to make us uh, think about things that we don't, we shouldn't be worrying about. Amen. It's biblical to say that if we doubt God, if we doubt God's will for our lives, it can be a chain reaction for the things not to come to pass. That's biblical. Mark eleven twenty two. Through 24 says, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. So it's kind of twofold, right? First you have to speak it, amen, and then you can't doubt it, right? So you speak it, you speak to the mountain. And does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask and you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. Amen. And so constantly, it's a constant thing where, and if you're like me, every day you're believing for something. You know, whether it's a healing or finances or relationship or just having a good day. You know, we're always believing for something. Amen. And we don't want to doubt that God will for our life is good. We don't want to doubt that those things that we ask for that are of God's will, that he doesn't want to have those, or he want, that he wants us to have those. Amen. So we don't want to allow that doubt to creep up. Amen. Don't doubt your healing. Don't doubt your promotion. Amen. Don't doubt that you'll be debt free. Amen. Don't doubt that a loved one will get saved. Sometimes it's easy, you know, Pastor Dave witnessed to his family for years and years. And it would have been easy to say, well, this is kind of a lost cause. Let's, right. you know. But when you got, you know, life and death hanging in the balance, right. amen, yeah. you don't want to doubt. Right. Amen. And then Satan loves nothing more for us than to doubt God's will. Yeah. Right. Amen. Now, there are times where maybe we have all the faith in the world about something. We're standing on God's word. We know it's his will and it still doesn't happen. And it's not a bad thing to go to, ask, to, go to the Lord and ask, Lord, why didn't this happen? You know, if you're something you're... Believe him for maybe it's a terminal illness, and you know, so we don't know all the answers, right? And God loves questions; He likes for us to interact with Him with questions. Amen. Hallelujah. We want to make sure that we we want to make sure though that we don't start to doubt His will for us, even in the midst of things happening that we don't understand. You know that that come from Satan. Amen. The God of this world and these bad things that happen. And we don't want to start to doubt his will for us, and we want to continue to trust in the Lord and know that he only has good plans for us. Amen. Amen. Because that's what Satan will do. He'll take a, he'll take a, a circumstance that didn't go our way, yeah. and he'll start to put in our mind, well, maybe that wasn't God's will. Yeah. Or he'll start to put in our mind, you know, you didn't have enough faith. Yeah. Or he'll start to put in your mind, well, you didn't pray long enough, or yeah. you didn't do this, or you didn't do that. Yeah. Amen. And he tries to make it a formula for us. And then what happens is doubt creeps in. Well, maybe it wasn't God's will. Maybe I didn't have enough faith. Right? Maybe, maybe, this, maybe I used the wrong formula. Maybe I didn't pray long enough. Maybe I should have prayed more in tongues. Maybe I should have prayed less in tongues. You know, and Satan will just kind of continue to try to fill our mind with all these things that God's just saying, hey, just continue to trust me. He just wants us to continue to trust him. Amen. 
And it is a process. Trusting the Lord, getting rid of doubt, doesn't just magically happen. It's not like, you know, one day you're full of anxiety and stress and fear, then the next day it's all gone. No. You know, Satan, he's a a strategist as well. He wants to, he has a strategy against us. Amen. And so every day we constantly um, go to our thoughts. We constantly have to have to say, get behind me, Satan. We constantly have to resist the devil. Amen. Let's look at Joseph. Now, Joseph, I love the story of Joseph because there's never a record of him complaining. And there's never a record of him having a negative thought about a situation. So Genesis 37.6 says, So he said to them, Please hear this dream. So he's telling his brothers about a dream he had. Hear this dream which I have dreamed. There, There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheep arose and also stood upright. And indeed, your sheep stood all around and bowed down to my sheep. And his brothers said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it to his father and his brothers. And his father rebuked him, father rebuked him and said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come to bow down to this earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So this is a guy, Joseph, who was not afraid to say what he was thinking. <laughs> the dreams that God gave him, he was, not, he was not afraid to go out on a limb and to say, hey, you know, this is who I'm supposed to be. Yeah. Amen. So he had a lot of, I wouldn't even call it arrogance. I would just say confident. He knew who he was. Yeah. He was confident in what God had called him to do. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Amen. Joseph is probably flying high right now, right? I mean, he just got these two spectacular dreams where, you know, he sees his father and his mother and brothers, you know, and he's up on the top here in the middle, and they're all bowing down to him. Amen. I'm guessing he's thinking pretty positively about a situation, you know, and, and you have an experience like that, and, you know, nothing can touch you, right? You just feel, wow, this is amazing. So... He gets thrown into the pit, so he tells him this dream, and he goes out to find his brothers, and they throw him in the pit. And, you know, at one point, what was a good situation? He had these dreams that he was going to be this leader and this ruler becomes a horrible situation in the natural. You know, so he goes from a place that's up here to a place that's down here. And I've always found, you know, when Satan tries to attack, he'll try to attack us when we're way up here, or he'll try to attack us when we're way down here. I was thinking Jesus, you know, he just he just uh, got baptized and the dove sat on him. And the Lord said, this is my son whom I am well pleased. This is my beloved son. So he's, he's doing just probably an amazing experience. And then he gets led out into the wilderness and, the Satan, and is tempted by Satan. So at his highest point, yeah. Satan tries to tempt Jesus and tries to get inside his mind and thoughts and create dis, uh, dissension and doubt, right? And then, at one of the lowest times, when he knows that he is going to be um, crucified. Right. And he's at the Garden of Gethsemane. Yeah. And it doesn't say it, but when he said, Lord, you know, if this cup can pass from me, right. please let it do so. I believe that was an attack from the enemy, saying, yeah. you don't need to do this. Yeah. You know, you just, 
But what he says, he said, not my will, but your will be done. So Satan's always going to try to attack us. At, you know, and, and, and even when he left Jesus, he said he waited for a, for a more opportune time. Well, there's no more opportune time than when we're way up here, when we're way down here, right? So, so a lot of times Satan, you know, it'll feel like we're just kind of continuing to go in a certain path. But, you know, our, our situation goes up and down. The only thing that's steady is Jesus. Amen. That's why we put our faith in him. Genesis 39, 1. Now, Je- uh, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, so he got thrown into the pit and sold. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites, who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and the Lord had made all he did go to prosper in his hand. And so we know that not only Joseph, not only did Joseph think positively, but he also was, you know, he said, you know, I serve this, I serve my God. This is my God, who I serve, and he's going to deal favorably with me. Because Potiphar knew that the Lord was with him. He knew that the Lord made all he did um, to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of the house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. And again, this probably wasn't an overnight thing. He probably didn't get thrown in a pot of his house and then within a week, he was overseeing all these things. No, what he, he saw his character. He saw his attitude. You know, he saw that he wouldn't try to make the most of every situation. Make the best of every situation, right? And so again, he didn't, he didn't let his circumstances get in the way of his vision. He didn't let the circumstances of getting thrown in the pit or becoming a slave, <coughs> excuse me, to Potiphar, get in the way of his vision but again, turmoil comes to him. Genesis 39, 20 says, then, so he's working and he's overseeing everything in his house. And then Potiphar's wife tries to take advantage of Joseph. Joseph flees, does the right thing, flees away. You know, and you see decision after decision that Joseph makes is correct. Yep. Is the correct decision. And it, it could be, you could think, you know, he gets thrown in. We'll read it, we'll read it here. The Lord was with Joseph and showed um, then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in prison. Wouldn't you think that at some point you'd, the thought would try to creep up to say, did I really make the right decision? <laughs> what? You know, am I, am I really making good decisions as I go along? Why am I in this place? But 21 says, the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was all his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look at anything. Think about this. The, the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under another prisoner's authority. And under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So again, he's, he's in this turmoil. He has this circumstance where he, he goes into prison you know, and this is probably, you know, a little extreme for our lives. I don't know if this is going to ever probably happen to us, um, you know, where all these different things. But it's a great example of staying in a right mind no matter what the circumstance is. Yeah. Amen. And so Joseph prospered in the prison. 
He had favor with the guards. Again, he stayed positive and had an impact where he was. Amen? Hallelujah. Could you imagine the thoughts that tried to go through his mind? Wow, I'm worthless. Why are these things happening to me? I'm never going to amount to anything. I'm just going to rot in this prison. Yeah, I'm the head of the prison, but so what? You know, it's like uh, it's like Gideon saying, uh, you know, I'm the the least in you know in the least house of of Israel. You know, just just didn't feel like there was any hope, nowhere to go from there. Yeah. Just wanting to give up, maybe. Just said, why? You know, I've been I've I feel like I've been righteous this whole time. Nothing's come of it good. So I'm just gonna, you know, why 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 should I? continue to have a positive attitude? Why should I continue to even try to help this prison, this prison that's taken me you know, captive? Yep. And then the chief butler and the chief baker came. Both came to prison. The Lord gave him a dream. Amen. So remember, you know, he probably hadn't had any dreams, you know, these prophetic dreams, again, until this point. You know, so not only not only did all of the circumstances seem dire, but do you think there maybe was a point, even even with the good things happening, sometimes thinking get familiar, but you can think about, you know, he had these dreams, and then for all this time, he didn't have another dream from the Lord. Maybe. We don't know for sure. But the thought could creep up that, wow, you know, is the Lord really with me? You know, he had all these plans for me. And and then radio silence, <laughs> maybe, you know, until this point. Yeah. Again, we don't know because the Bible doesn't doesn't say it. But um, so the the baker and the butler came, and he gave them each an interpretation of the dreams. Yeah. So I guess he, didn't, he yeah, God gave the, him the interpretation of the dreams. Right. But. Of one was going to die and one was going to live. That the butler was going to live and serve again in the king's house. Yep. Right? Genesis 40, 23. And, and Joseph's only plea was, please, just remember me. I mean, just, right. just put in a good word for me. Yep. You know, I'm, I'm saving your life here. You know, I'm, I'm, yep. I'm allowing you to, to know the future before it happens. Right. But it says, yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Yeah. 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 Imagine, I think it was what, two more years, two more years, and just kind of wondering, you know, wait, waiting for that message to come down from the Pharaoh saying, who is this Joseph guy? That two years, nothing happened. Still served faithfully. Still served faithfully. Still was overseeing the prison. Amen. Genesis 41, 14 says, then Pharaoh said, uh, sent and called Joseph. So Pharaoh had a dream. Amen. And the butler said, oh, yeah, by the way. There's this guy in the prison that is really good at this kind of stuff. He can really interpret dreams well, the best I've ever seen, right? You should see him. And so Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. Amen. Genesis 41, we'll skip down to 37. Amen. Uh, So Joseph interprets the dream, gives them advice on how to handle and manage uh, the the seven years of drought and the seven years of plenty. Yeah. Excuse me. And so the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and the, in the eyes of all of his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, "Can we find a, such a one as this, a man whom in the spirit of God, who is the, or a man in whom is the spirit of God?" 
Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all my people shall be ruled according to your word, and only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And so we see this roller coaster ride with Joseph. We see that, you know, at a very young age. And it says, um, I didn't put it in there, but he was 30 years old when uh, the Pharaoh made him ruler over all of this. Amazing. So I think it was 17. 13 years had passed. Yep, 13 years had passed. 17. So 13 years of this roller coaster ride of not knowing what was going to happen next. You know, I mean, just even thinking, you know, you run away from Potiphar's wife and, you you know, just thinking, well, I'm, I'm probably going to get killed. You know, Potiphar's just going to kill me. He's not going to throw me. He's just going to kill me trying to make a pass. But in all that time, he never wavered from the promise that God had for him. Yeah. Amen. And God has a promise for all of us. Amen. He has an expected end for all of us. Amen. And so that's why it's important. You know, our, again, our thoughts, you know, whether we think positively or negatively, can have an impact on our, on our road to where God ha- wants us to go. Amen. We have more power in this than we think. Again, God doesn't control all these circumstances and control you know, everything that we do. That wouldn't be a very good relationship. No, but instead we have control over where we go. We have control over if we're going to take the straightest line or if we're maybe going to zigzag a little bit. Amen. And we don't base it off of our circumstances, you know, because our circumstances can change. Amen. I thought, you know, I thought right after college I was going to go excuse me, to Bible school, um, I felt called to pastor in 2007. I got graduated from college in 2010, and I thought I was just going to hit the ground running, go to a Bible college, you know, go to a church, and that would be it. You know, and, and, but because God's faithful, yeah. and because I believe that I stayed faithful to his calling on my life, yeah. amen, you know, he knew, he maybe didn't, he didn't plan for some of these bad things to happen. You know, he didn't want you know, these different things to happen in my life. But because of how I handled it, amen, he was able to do things in my life. He was able to use me, amen. And how we handle situations, he'll kind of know, okay, this is how he's going to, this is how he's going to take this. This is how uh, he's going to handle this situation, okay. And it, you know, it does kind of provide a blueprint for him, okay, you know, how, what am I going to call my servant to do, amen, because we're all his servant, amen. There was at no point that we read that Joseph felt sorry for himself. Right. Amen. No point that he allowed negative thoughts to rule over him. And not to say that negative thoughts maybe didn't come. I'm sure they did. Um, you know, it's, it's, thoughts are going to come, and they're not always going to be your thoughts. <laughs> like we talked about, the Holy Spirit will give us thoughts. But Satan also tries to drop thoughts on our head. Amen. We're going to go to that a little bit later. Um, but Joseph didn't allow his negative thoughts to rule over him. He didn't dwell on one thought for too long. Amen. I really believe it's because every day he expected good things to come his way. Every day he was positive that today is my day. Today the promise is going to be fulfilled. Amen. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the uh, mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And we see what Joseph did. He did this throughout his whole life. He presented his body as a sacrifice to God. You know, and the Lord was with him. 
He didn't do it necessarily as a sacrifice to Potiphar, to the jailer, although that res- resulted in being being yeah. obedient to the Lord. But no, he his his number one goal was to bring his body a sacrifice to God, yeah. holy and acceptable. Again, in good standing, having favor, making good decisions, moral decisions, right? Yeah. But be transformed by the renewing of our minds that we may prove what is the good and acceptable in the perfect will of God. Every day, I'm sure, Joseph would renew his mind. And you have to, you know, the old saying, pull himself up by the bootstraps. No matter how difficult the situation seems, I mean, he had to continue to think, today is my day. He had to continue to think, I'm not going to let fear control me. I'm not going to let negative thoughts control me. Amen? Because, you know, we sometimes we think of the Old Testament and some of the, the people in the Old Testament, how, that they were somehow different than us. Well, no, they had the same thoughts come to their mind as we had come to our mind. Yep. You know, the, the human nature was the same. You know, we're made in God's image just as they were made in God's image. Amen. I mean, so all, the, all the, the different thoughts that we have and all of the struggles and the, and the lies from the devil that come to us, yep. they also came to them. Amen. So they were no by, by no means immune from those yep. things. Yep. If they were, there'd be no law, right? Yep. And so we know that this was probably a constant struggle for him. But every day he, he renewed his mind. Amen. It's a daily decision to trust the Lord and to get our mind right and in tune with his will. We should constantly be checking on things we are thinking about. Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, Whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, yep. if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm going to say it in a, in a little bit different way. Finally, brethren, think about things that are true. Think about things that are noble. Think about things that are just. Think pure thoughts. Think on lovely things. Think of the good report. Amen. Think of anything that is virtuous and think of anything that is praiseworthy. Amen. And so when we, when we think on these things and we have pure thoughts and we have true thoughts and we don't just go around, you know, I, I, I really believe that a lot of re, the reason that a lot of people stray from the word and stray from the Lord is one, not reading their Bible, but two, they allow... Um, thoughts to come into their mind that aren't scriptural, that aren't godly, that aren't biblical. I'm sure, you know, everybody's had that happen. The de- Satan's tried to put a thought on us that wasn't scriptural or godly or biblical or true, amen, or good report. You know, so it starts out with not reading the word. It starts out with not spending time. But then little by little, you just quit thinking about godly things. Little by little, we just quit, quit thinking about spiritual things. Amen. And Satan, he's, again, I've said this before, it's like it's like going to the ocean and thinking that you're doing well and you're staying by the shore, and then after t- some time passes, you look back and you see that the shore is way far away. And that's how life can be if we, if we let ourselves get distracted and we let the Satan try to come in. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And so we know that, that these are the types of things Amen. And this is the type of mind that God wants us to have. Amen. Amen. He wants us to think good thoughts. Second Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. 
Amen. He gave us a sound mind. He gave us the ability to reason, to think, to gain knowledge. Amen. To have wisdom. He knows what we need. Amen. Everybody just touch your head real quick. Just put your hand on your head. Say, thank you, God, for giving me a sound mind. Thank you, Lord, for sound thinking. Thank you, Lord, for good thoughts. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, thank us for, you know, we thank you for making us think positively about ourselves, not negatively about ourselves. Because we are fearfully and wonderfully made, amen, in his image and in his likeness. So when we have bad thoughts about ourselves, well, I don't like the way I look and about, you know, with this or, you know, whatever it is. You know, I, don't like, I don't like this feature of myself. We're really slapping God in the face saying, you didn't do a good enough job, God. <laughs> and yeah, sometimes we do things to ourselves, yeah, okay. But he made us fearfully and wonderfully. Amen. Amen. He made us unique. Yes, he did. He thinks positively about us. Amen. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Hallelujah. <coughs> Excuse me. We should always want to think about ourselves as God thinks about us. Yes. Amen. Amen. There's a right way and a wrong th- way to think. It's not just, you know, oh, well, this is just how I process things or this is how I think about things. You know, it's not just... You know, this is the way it is. No, there's godly thinking and there's bad thinking. Yep. I mean, and not every thought, like I said, is our own. Sometimes the Holy Spirit drops a thought in our head, like, hey, you should go pray for this person yep. or go help this person with their car or, you know, yep. whatever. I remember, um, you know, something that took me out of my comfort zone a little bit was, um, I think, two or three years ago, it was, it was winter. It was, like, in the negatives out again. And uh, we were driving to church. And there's this guy that was homeless that was walking, and he was just like cursing to himself. You could, you could just see he was cursing to himself. And um, both Angela and I, the Lord dropped in our spirit, "Hey, you should go talk to that guy." And and so we're like, "Okay." So we went and, and we we found him and we talked to him a little bit. We didn't have the kids with us. We probably wouldn't have done it if we had the kids with us because you just never know. Yeah. But we were obedient to do that, and and the guy said, well, he said, well, what do you need? You know, what's a need that you have? And he said, well, I really need a tent. And so we went to Walmart with him, and we bought him a tent, and then we prayed for him. Amen. And, um, you know, we we invited him to church, yeah. and we said, hey, you should come to church. And this, no, this was a Saturday, and then so church was Sunday. And we said, you should come to church with us. And so we said, um, we'll meet you. I didn't have a phone or anything. We'll meet you here at 9.45 or 9.50. Well, anyways, we get to that point, and he wasn't there. And so we drove around for a little bit, found him, and uh, talked to him. He didn't want to come. But we were able to pray for him and bless him. Yeah, yeah. Amen? Amen? And so... Again, the Holy Spirit will drop things in our head that maybe, I don't know what kind of impact we had, you know, or what, the, what impact the Holy Spirit had on him, yep. but it's a seed, amen. amen. Sometimes our thoughts are just our own conscious. Sometimes we're just daydreaming about something, we're, you know, we're thinking about the things we have to do today, you know, different things like that. Amen. And sometimes Satan will try to plant a thought in our mind, and so it's important to understand and to discern between the thoughts that we have in our mind. Yeah. You know, Satan's sneaky comes as an angel of light, doesn't he? He, he tries to walk around as the good guy. Yeah. He tries to put, put thoughts that 
halfway are true and halfway aren't, doesn't yeah, he? Right. When he was tempting Jesus, he would, yeah, he was using scripture, but it wasn't the right scripture. Right. Amen. And so we need to always discern, amen, the different thoughts that come to our mind. And we can only do that by renewing our mind through the word. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of the soul and the spirit and the joints and the marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and in the intents of the heart. And so the Holy Spirit discerns, amen. The word of God discerns what our thoughts are. He discerns between, okay, whose thought is this? Whose thought is this? And so as we renew our mind in the Word, and as we go to the Holy Spirit, amen, we're going to be able to discern, okay, that's a bad deal. Get that thought out of here. I'm not going to entertain that thought. 2 Corinthians 10, uh, 4-5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. Vetting our thoughts are very important. Especially if we're not sure who they're from. We don't want to just believe, you know, we don't always have correct thoughts, right? Right. We can't just believe every thought that pops into our head. Could you imagine if we did? (laughs) Could you imagine just the chaos? Amen. And so you think about even even when Eve was tempted to eat the tree, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. Yeah. And what did it, you know, it started out with, one, Eve didn't know the word. <laughs> she, she said, well, God said if we eat or we touch it, we're going to surely die. Well, the Lord, one, only said if you eat of the tree. Right. So she didn't know the word. And then two, Satan said, we not surely die. He, what did he do? He was creating another thought process in her. He was saying, well, do you really, do you really think that that's going to happen? Right. You know, do you really believe that, that what God told you is right? And so what did she do? She tried to think about it. Yep. Well, you know, I guess the tree doesn't look too bad, and, right. and the fruit looks really good to eat, and, yep. you know, I'll be wise, so that's, that's a plus. You know, and what did she do? She started thinking things that weren't godly. Yep. She started and on the, on the outside, just the thought itself doesn't seem bad. But when you mix it with the lie from Satan and what God said, it becomes disastrous. <laughs> it becomes an evil thought, right? And so instead of vetting your thoughts, instead of saying, well, what did God really, oh, no, God, you know, I'm going to trust him. No, she started to believe the lie that she could become wise. Amen. She started to believe the lie from Satan. And so, again, bringing every thought into captivity is so important to the obedience of Christ. Yes. You know, and, and um, kind of like what Jesus did, Satan, Satan gave a scripture. Well, Jesus gave a better scripture. Yep. Amen. That, so, so any thought that comes to our mind, we can always turn that to a, a godly thought. Right. You know, sometimes we don't need to cast it out. Sometimes we just need to think about it differently. Right. <laughs> sometimes we need to change it, amen, in our mind. Yep. Amen. amen. And the one, you know, a way to get, I think the, the best way to, to uh, cast down a thought or cast down an argument is to speak it, you know. A lot of times I can't, it's hard just to replace a thought with a thought. A lot of times I have to say audibly, no, I'm not going to think that, that is incorrect. And the thought goes away. So, you know, it's kind of like a trump card, right? You know, 
what trumps a thought? Well, a spoken word. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Satan deceived Eve by planting the thought in her mind that she was not like God. That God wasn't giving her an equal piece of the pie. Amen. Second Corinthians 11.3 But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And Pastor Dave talks about this a lot. Anytime the gospel seems complex, we need to recalibrate our mind. We need to recalibrate how we're thinking about the gospel and make it simple again. Yep. Amen? Yep. Recalibrate it to the simplicity of the word. And it might just be as simple as going back to, all right, Lord, I'm, I'm so confused right now, but I do know that you are good and the devil is bad. Yep. Kind of the basic building blocks of what we believe. Amen? Yep. Yep. Amen? And going from there. Or, okay, you know, faith is just believing what the Bible says is true. You know, it's just... The word is so simple when you can you can break it down and you can and you can think about it in those terms. You know, okay, this thing happened to me, I'm not sure if it was from God. Oh, but the Bible says that every good and every perfect gift comes from God. So I know that wasn't God. You know. And it starts to simplify it out, starts to compartmentalize maybe some of those things that Satan's trying to confuse us. Amen. Because where confusion is, Satan is there. He's the author of confusion. Amen. So he'll try to confuse us and try to make the word complex. Amen. Hallelujah. As we get back to the simplicity of the gospel, which is the foundation of it, our situation is going to be clear. Amen. And that's really what it's about. Is is in any situation, we know that that there is a simple way and there's a complex way. Amen. The simple way is the narrow way. Amen. There there is a narrow way. Amen. We have to watch our step, but it is the simpler way. Yep. Amen. Just as far as, Amen. just as far as it might be a tough road, yep. but we know that that things are black and white. Yep. The the wide road, there's a lot of gray area in the wide road. Yep. Amen. But the gospel is very black and white. Yep. Amen. And I've had people tell me before, you know that well, you know somebody that I know really well, you know, and and use this to try to gain his advantage. Say. Well, there's a lot of gray areas in the word, or there's a lot of gray areas in this situation, you know, whatever the situation was, you know. But there's no gray areas when it comes to the word. Amen. 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 The Bible is very black and white. Amen. Amen. We don't always understand, you know, what the answer is. It might seem gray to us. Amen. But there is a purpose and there is a destination or a plan that is very black and white for your life. Amen. Amen. Now, how we get there, we don't know. You know, we can only see. You know, dimly as looking into a mirror, you only see a few feet in front of us. Amen. Just enough to not trip, right? But there is a a plan, a purpose for our life, a good purpose for our life. Amen. And He wants you to prosper. He wants you to uh, to do well in this life. And He wants you to have good thoughts. Amen. All right. Well, let's just pray before we close here. Father, we just thank you that we have the opportunity to serve you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth, Lord, that we could be a light to a dark place, that we can be a salt, a seasoning for the earth, Lord. Hallelujah. And we thank you that just every day, Lord, you you remind us how much you love us, that every day we are reminded 
that you have good plans for us. Every day you're reminded, we're reminded that we don't need to think that thought. We don't need to go down that path. We don't need to be negative about this. We don't need to, to dwell in our, in our pity and self, in our self-pity in our circumstances. Lord, but we thank you that you've given us a sound mind. We thank you, Lord, that you've given us the ability to cast down every argument, to vet our thoughts, Lord. Help us to come to the Holy Spirit more and more when things are, are not right or things we, we don't know what's going on, Lord, that we can come to you and we can get the answer, Lord, that we can get a black and white answer, Lord. Hallelujah. We know that you are a God who is good, who is lovely, who is pure. We want to think about you all the time. Help us to think about you, Lord. Help us to think about our circumstances, even in a positive light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Help us to follow Paul's example when he has perilous times come, Father, that we love you, that we know that you love us in every situation, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for a great week. We thank you for favor and jobs, Lord. We thank you for um, building good relationships, Father. We thank you for promotions, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We love you. Love us so much, Lord. And we love you because you first loved us. And so we thank you again. We bless your name. And again, thank you for blessing our week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Anybody wants prayer? I can come on up and be happy to pray with you. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.